going to turn to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 16. going to read the first 13 verses. Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abraham, See now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maiden. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarah. Then Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband and Abram to be his wife. And Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived and when he saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Then Sarah said to Abram, My wrong be upon you. I gave my hand, sir, I gave my maid into your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between you and me. And Abram said to Sarah, Indeed, your maid is in your hand to do with as you please. And when Sarah dealt harshly with her, she fled from her presence. Now the angel of the Lord found her by the spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, where have you come from? And where are you going? And she said, I am fleeing from the presence of Sarah. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they will not be counted for a multitude. The angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are with child. You shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has heard your affliction. He shall be a wild man. His hand, sorry, his hand shall be against every man, and every man's hand against him. He shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. And then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees. For she said, I, sorry, have I also here seen him who sees me. Let's just pray a moment. Father, we pray right now that not one word will cross these lips unless it is ordained of you. We ask you that you will come and you will speak with a voice that can't be silenced here tonight. That you will move and that you will minister and we will see you for who you are. That there is none like the risen Lord. Amen. Amen. Sarah, Abram's wife, had a problem. She was barren. She was barren in her womb, but she was fruitful in her mind. 
She was born in her womb, but she was inventive in her mind. And I wonder tonight, how are you in your mind? Do you ever sit down and think about things? Do you ever, do you ever plan things? Do you ever try and make things happen? Here was a woman who, although barren in her womb, was very fruitful in her mind. And she knew what the Lord had said. And the Lord had promised that he would give her family. But time had passed from then. And she got impatient waiting on the Lord. You know, I don't know about you, but I never find waiting easy. Whether it's in a queue or wherever, or waiting on the Lord, I don't find it easy. There's many a time I'm sitting in a queue going, oh, if that clown would just do that or this. You ever be like that or is that just me? My children say I suffer from road rage. We would just rage at times. But you know, I, I've seen people walking about and they're walking about and they're talking to themselves. You know, uh, it's not so bad talking to yourself as when you start to answer yourself you're really in problems. And there they are, they're walking about and they're all wound up. And you say, what's wrong? <laughs> I'm in a hurry and God's not. I'm in a hurry and God's not. Friends, I want to say this. God is never late. He never forgets his word. He never forgets his promises. The promises of God are yea and amen. And when God says he's going to do something, he will do it. End of story. End of story. What we find here, Sarah, in her inventive mind, looked around at the world in which she lived. And they had a custom at that time that is recorded in the Newsy text, N-U-Z-I, not the Nazi text, the Newsy text. And it tells us that the way of the world in Egypt was in those days that if you were a woman and you could not bear a child to your husband, that you picked out your best maidservant, you gave her to your husband to become a wife, you shared your husband with her, and hopefully she bore you a child. That was the way of the world. And so Sarah decides to go the way of the world. Can I say this? There are many people who decide to go the way of the world. There are many people alive today who have decided to go the way of the world. I want to tell you something. If you decide to go the way of the world, you might have short-term answers and it might work out well in the short term. Can I tell you, in the long term, you're going for problems. In the long term, you are going for problems. I was talking to someone recently 
And they said to me, do you know so-and-so? And I went, no. No. And then they said, are you sure you don't know and so-and-so? I said, yes, no, I, I, I don't know that name at all, sorry. And then they said what the person's maiden name was. And I went, all right, that's a blast from the past. That's a long term since I heard that name. They said this. She married a very, very wealthy man. Very, very wealthy man. Money is no object to anything that they want to do. And yet she was so miserable. And I went, oh, listen, goodness. I said, you know, she used to do outreach with us. And they said, yes, that's right. And her face lit up uh, as she started to tell some of the stories about some of the places you were and the things that you did. And but she went the way of the world. And today, she's so miserable. You know, as we will see in this account, all she would have to do is make the right choices. The right choices. You know, sometimes when people decide to go the way of the world, you know, I wonder, did they ever sit down and really think, where am I going here? Where is my family going? And what am I bringing on my family here? Because it won't just affect you, but it affects your family. And so, we find that Abram heeded the voice of Sarah. You know, there was faults in Sarah's side, but there were also faults in Abram's side. Listen, I don't care who it is that is advising you. Make sure you decide on God's side. Make sure you decide on God's side. Because no matter how much people love you, God loves you more. God loves you more. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarah. Then Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar. And guess what happened? She conceived. And everything changes. Everything changes. Everything changes. Hagar's attitude changes. You know, she's no longer just a wee handmaiden. But she's carrying the fruit of Abram. <laughs> she's no longer just the maid. But she could do what her mistress couldn't do. She's no longer the nobody. But she's the everything. You know, I want to say this. When you go the way of the world, the devil promises much. Devil promises much. Promises much. But there were problems coming here. You see, there's pleasure and sin, but it's only for a season. There's pleasure and sin, but it's only for a season. And then Sarah said to Abram, My wrong be upon you. So they start to blame each other. 
They start to fall out and they start to blame each other. Do you know something, friends? You can blame whoever you want for the state that you get yourself into. But I want to say this. If we make bad choices, we can expect bad results at the end of it. And we find that the whole harmony of the family is shattered. The whole harmony of the family is shattered. Friends, I want to say this. You see, when the devil gets into a family, I don't care how closely bound they are. I don't care how much they love each other. I want to tell you, when the devil gets into a family, he makes havoc. When the devil gets into a family, he makes havoc. And the one who loved the other now starts to despise the other. They start to hate one another. And there's nothing as dangerous as getting into a rowing family to try and bring peace. And so we find that Hagar can't stick it. Sarah starts to despise her. And she decides that she's going to run for it. She's going to get away out of this mess and she's going to have a better life. Listen, I, I meet people all the time and they don't want to talk about where they come from. They don't want to talk about what happened, where they came from. They're just living in the hope of this utopia that they're going to be able to run away from all your problems. I want to let you into a secret tonight. My biggest problem is me. So anywhere I run, I take my biggest problem with me. Anywhere I run, I take my biggest problem with me. And she runs. And you can run, but you can't hide. I don't care where you go to in the world, but you will find that the Lord is there in front of you. And she runs, and she runs out into the desert to the place where nobody lives. And I love verse 7. It says, now the angel of the Lord found her. The angel of the Lord found her. And if you were to read closely about the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord is the Lord Jesus Christ before he ever came to earth to be born as a baby. And Jesus found her. Oh, I love that. Jesus found her. Jesus loved her. Loved her enough to draw alongside her no matter what she'd got involved in. Loved her enough to draw alongside her. And Jesus finds her. And the angel of the Lord draws alongside her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, you know something? Jesus knew her name. Jesus knew her name. As you're sitting in here tonight, Jesus knows your name. He knows your nickname. He knows the name that people call you that you don't even know about. Jesus knows your name tonight. Not only does Jesus know your name tonight, he knows where you've come from. He knows everything that has ever happened in your life. And Jesus knows you tonight. I wonder, do you know that Jesus knows you tonight? I wonder, do you know that Jesus knows you tonight? He really knows you 
And the Lord asked her questions, not that he would get the information from her, but that he would get her to start and think herself. And the Lord asked her this question, and the Lord said, Where have you come from? Where have you come from? You know, I look across this congregation tonight, and I don't think that there was too many of you would have been at too much wrong. But I wonder if I seen you last night or in the early hours of the morning, and I was to ask you, where have you come from? What could you say to me? What could you tell me about where you were last night and what you were doing? Would it be wholesome and healthy? Or would you want people here to know where you were? You know, the story's told in England, and I think it definitely is true, the, the church fell into bad disrepair and they had no real money and they didn't know what they were going to do and somebody said to the minister, why don't you go down to the landlord and the, the crown and whatever. Ask him, can you borrow the pub for a few hours on a Sunday morning? We'll go early. Say, well, we'll use it from 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock. And the landlord agreed that that would be no problem. And he said, listen, I'll tell you what. He says, I'll not even charge you. He said, there's only one thing about it. He says, you know, uh, it's the pub, but it's my parrot's home. And he said, you can't cover up the parrot and you can't take the parrot out of his environment. The boy says, minister says, that's all right. We're getting it for nothing. We'll not worry about it. So we got down in the morning and the priest team was practicing and there they were bopping it out and the congregation all come in. They all got squeezed into the pub and as the minister called them all together, he said, well, we're just going to pray and we're going to open our service now. And the parrot spoke up and he says, different days, same old faces. Different days, same old faces. And I wonder tonight, where's our faces known? I wonder tonight, as God looks on us, He knows exactly where we've been, He knows exactly what we're doing, and there is not a detail of our lives that are hidden from Him tonight. And God says to you tonight, where have you come from? Where have you come from? Have you come from honoring God? Or have you come from sneaking about, messing about with sin? Where have you come from? And then he asks the even greater question. And he says, where are you going to? Where are you going to? And as we sit in this meeting tonight, I want to ask you this question. Where are you going to for eternity? You know, I hate those signs. Where will you spend eternity? I don't like them. I'll tell you why I don't like them. I have a lot of money in my pocket here. It's not an awful lot, but uh, I can spend it. And it's gone. Gone. Eternity will never come to an end. It will never be gone. It's where will you be for eternity? 
friends, there was many a person and they were brought up in a good home and they were brought up to know the truth and they have gone out into the world and they've been at things that they would never want their parents to know and they've been at things that they wouldn't want anybody else to know about tonight. God says to you tonight, do you know where you're going? Do you know tonight where you're going? Without God and his son, you're going to a lost eternity. Without God and his son, you're going to a lost eternity. And he turns around to Hagar and he says, if you think things are bad really now, do you know where you're going to? Do you know where this path of action is going to take you to? Do you know where you're going to? Well, friends, I can tell you, I, I grew up, and I look at a lot of my friends, and I look at the end they had, and I look at the way their lives went, and I can honestly say this. We were lost. We didn't know it. And without God and His Son, we were undone. And we were on a way to a lost eternity for eternity. And she says, I'm fleeing from Hagar. Or sorry, I'm fleeing from Sarah. Well, that was the short term. You know, we always look at the short term and never look at the long term. We always look at the short term and we never look at the long term. And the Lord said to her, God spoke intimately into her life. The Lord said to her, Behold, you are with child. You're pregnant. And then the Lord went on and he showed her that he knew a little bit more. And he said, And I know that your child is a boy. And more than that, I know the name of your child. And God just blew this woman away with her knowledge of her. God knows where you were last night. God knows what you were doing last night. God knows how you are today. God loves you, and you're precious in the sight of the Lord. There is not a detail of your life that he does not know about tonight. There is not a thought in your head at this present time that he does not know. There is not a concern that you have about tomorrow or a worry you have about the incoming week that God doesn't know about. God knows you tonight. God knows you tonight and God cares for you and God knows every detail. He knows the dreams you have. He knows the hopes you have. He knows the aspirations you have. There is nothing about your life that God does not know about tonight. And God wants you to know that he knows about you tonight. He wants you to know that you are precious in his sight. And you know, here was a child that would grow up to be hated by everybody and yet God loved him. God loved them. And he shall be called Ishmael because the Lord has heard your affliction. And tonight, God knows the things that trouble you. Not only does God know the things that trouble you, God is the one that can put the things right 
that trouble you tonight. God is the one who can turn all things around tonight because he is the Lord God Almighty and there is nothing too difficult for him. There is nothing too difficult for the Lord tonight. You know, Ishmael was in great company because he was one of the very few that was named before he was ever born. Great company. The Lord Jesus and John the Baptist were the other two. And here's this woman in an awful state in the midst of a desert with everything going wrong all around her. And God asked her to do the most difficult thing. He says, I want you to turn around. Friends, tonight, I don't want to know where you were last night. I want you to know this, that God just wants you to turn around. He wants you to turn around for your good. He wants you to turn around for your good and for his will. Because God has a plan and a purpose for you. And the will of God will never lead you where the grace of God can't keep you. And she had come from what she thought was the most horrific situation. And yet God says, I want you to go back into the middle of that and I will be with you. And friends, this is the great news of the gospel tonight. That if any person be in Christ, if anyone hears the word of the Lord and anyone responds to the word of the Lord and anyone opens their heart to the Lord God Almighty, they will know what it is for the Lord to be with them, for the Lord to walk with them, for the Lord to work with them, and for the Lord to do great and mighty things. And I tell you this here, whenever I got saved, the hardest person for me to tell, whenever I get saved, is the man that is coming to testify next Sunday night. I did not know how I would ever tell him. I feared his reaction. I was terrified of him. I was in awe of him, but I was... I knew the nature of the person that I would be dealing with. I said, how will I ever tell him I get saved? And I prayed about it and I left it in the Lord's hands. I was working three to eleven shift. I'll never forget it. Decided to take the, the, the pup that I had, a bit of a walk, and I bumped into him. Well, I didn't bump into him. He was on the other side of the road. And he shouted over to me, uh, where was you and our boy at last night? And I went, oh, well, I, I don't know where he was, but I get saved. He says, you what? And he come running across the road towards me. He says, you what? I said, I get saved. I was waiting for it. Who pushed you into the river? Didn't come. He looked me up and down. He threw his arms around me. He hugged me and he held me tight. And he said this, go for God and show us all that it is real. And I nearly died of shock. I almost died of shock. He says, I mean it. He says, we've heard it all from we've all been that size there. We've heard all the stories. You go for God, and he says, show us all that's real. 
And I can say this, friends. I end up a better friend. I end up closer to you than I ever was before I got saved. And as I walked with God, he just put me in the right place at the right time, time and time and time again in that man's life. You see, tonight it is no secret what God can do. He can come into your life and he can give you the grace to live for him in the midst of a hostile world. You can be a light in a dark place. You can shine where you didn't shine before. You can stand out where you didn't stand out before. You can speak in the name of the Lord where you had no real voice before. And the Lord will show you how great and how mighty and how powerful and how wonderful he is. And then she called in the name of the Lord who spoke to her and said, You are the God who sees. And I have seen you. Tonight he's the God that sees you. Sees you where you are. And he knows where he wants to take you. Tonight he's the God that sees you. And if you could see him that sees you tonight, and see what he could do with your life tonight, then you surely would put your life into his hands and see what God will do with you. We're just going to come to God right now in prayer and in faith and every head bowed and every eye closed. He's the God that sees you. He's the God that knows exactly where you are. He's the God that can take you out of this place as a different person and you can go to your wherever you go to tomorrow in a different way because the God that sees and the God that knows is the God that will be with you. He will help you. You're here tonight and you want him to come into your life. Then all you have to do is turn from your running and run to him. You want to come to him heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I want you to look up right now and keep looking up until I see you. But tell me you're interested in coming to the Lord and I'll meet with you afterwards. There's one tonight and you want to come to the Lord. You know God's speaking to you. You know God's challenging you in your heart tonight. Oh friend, be wise tonight if God is challenging you in your heart that you would come to him tonight and you would let him have his way in your life. So one tonight, you say, yes, there's a battle going on in somebody's heart in here tonight. Listen, I, I'm, I'm being honest here. I don't care where you were, what you've done. You're all I care about is that you'll come to Jesus tonight. Let him have his way in your life. Last opportunity. Maybe you're a backslider. It's time to come back to God tonight. You can do that in the privacy of your heart right now. If you do, would you please tell me afterwards? And finally, you're in here and you're a believer. God knows what you've come to, friend. God knows where he can take you. 
God knows what can be with you. There is nothing wasted in God. And so all you have to do tonight is put your hand afresh in the master's hand and follow after him. He will lead you and he will guide you and he will bring you into the fullness of what he has for you. Because you are precious to him. And so Lord, we pray that when the voice of man falls silent, that the Holy Spirit will continue to move and to minister in Jesus. Lovely name we ask it. Amen.